Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Friday, August the 7th. As we come off a little bit of a victory yesterday from your Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies hang on to win 5-4 to four over the New York Yankees. A much-needed, really nice win for the Phillies yesterday. A game that um, you expected them to lose based on the way the bullpen has pitched up to that point in the season and the bullpen given a 5-2 lead is able to hang on for a 5-4 victory. We'll dive into it all. It was just, it was needed. It was needed. You know, I've talked a lot on this show about the idea that every game matters being amplified, especially if the Phillies aren't able to complete this insane schedule that they have set up for themselves now, apparently. Um, And, you know, how... The difference between two and five and three and four is meaningful, and the difference between every win and, and a loss is is meaningful, at least to a certain level. And certainly for a Phillies team that has had their stumbles to start the season, I think to be able to take two of four from the Yankees and really two of the last three when that Monday night game, I mean, let's be real, we all, everybody went into it saying the Phillies are losing this game. They hadn't played baseball in over a week. They're going up against a Yankees team that was rolling along, and they're facing Garrett Cole. It was a no-win situation. There was such a low percentage of a chance the Phillies would be able to come in cold and win that game. It's such a massive disadvantage they came in with. So winning two or three is uplifting. And again, look, the bullpen is a mess still. Let's not sugarcoat it. We spent enough time talking about it. Luckily, yesterday, between Diolis Guerra, a clean inning, uh, Nick Pavetta gives you one clean inning and then gives up a two-run homer, and then uh, Jose Alvarez and Hector Neris ultimately able to close the game out. Um, it was massive. It was massive. It was needed. Um, let's dive into yesterday's game, and then we'll kind of look back the whole series as a whole before looking ahead to the a big series against Atlanta. Look, at, get right back at it. There's that's the thing now with the Philly schedule based on you know missing a week of baseball is. We're not getting much off days here. You know, this is this is going to be pedal to the metal for the rest of the year. So um, I guess that's good for us. We like watching Phillies baseball, right? Um, look, big, again, just a big win. I, I can't emphasize it enough um, to be able to win that game against the Yankees yesterday. Let's start with Zach Eflin, who I thought, considering the circumstances, his first start, you know, close to a year essentially, and um, had had the, the, you know, was not quite, ready at the end of spring training as we know or summer camp 
Um, they thought it was going to be a 60-pitch-ish 60, 60 limit, ended up going 77 pitches, four innings, only allows two runs. Neither of them earned five strikeouts in one walk. I thought Eflin looked great, you know, considering what he was able to give you when 77 pitches, really um, a really nice outing from Zach Eflin. And I, I think really other than Velasquez, they're positives to take away from everything we've seen from the other starting pitchers so far. It's been the bullpen. It's been a disaster. And, and Eflin was, was no exception to that. Really a solid outing, an encouraging outing from Zach Eflin in his first start of the season against a good Yankees team. And uh, that was really nice to see. Eflin gives him a lead. They're up 5-2. Obviously, he can't get a win deal. Oscaro comes in, pitches a clean inning, You know, gives up uh, one, one base runner, but otherwise able to get out of the inning. Then Nick Pavetta comes in, as we said before, had a really nice first inning, looked great, and then the second inning uh, allows a base run, and then a Gary Sanchez home run off the top of the wall, but ultimately, uh, even though it got a little scary at the end, uh, Jose Alvarez and Hector Neres are able to combine for uh, two innings of work, uh, an inning and a third for Hector, four out save, and, and Alvarez goes two-thirds. And really, I mean, you know, the, the biggest moment of the game was Hector Neres coming in with runner with a runner on uh, against Aaron Judge, pinch hitting Aaron Judge in the uh, in the eighth, coming in for the four out save, and Neris strikes him out and just looked awesome in doing so. Such confidence in that splitter uh, looked like Judge had no idea what was coming. Hector Neris just a good pitcher, and I know he struggled a bit in the ninth, made it a little scary for a moment there, but ultimately Hector Neris a good pitcher, and you know I think a little rusty, but I think you feel really good about Neris. You know you can't say that about much of the bullpen, but you can feel good about Neris. And I think ultimately, look, that was enough to get the job done. The offense uh, contributes just enough, kind of went dormant after, uh, you know, a a big first and a big third, and that was it. They put up a three spot in the first. JT Romuto has been white hot this season. A a home run to left scoring Hoskins and Harper uh, made it three, nothing. The Yankees would come back three to two uh, on a, a Mike Talkman single. Uh, but then in the third, barrels. Phil Gosselin, the hottest hitter on the planet, a uh, two RBI double to left center field, scores Romuto and Harper, and and that would end up being enough to hang on for the five four victory. Um, nice to see certain guys get going a little bit. McCutcheon, a couple hits, one of them a really hard hit ball. Nice to see um, Harper uh, reaches base three times, scores a couple of runs. Romuto just crushing. You know, the two hits, uh, the home run, batting 333 as a 385 OBP, a 7.08 slugging percentage. Uh, and then, man, Phil Gosselin. Uh, look, I'm at the point with Gosselin, and, and Girardi pinch hit for him uh, at a certain point in this game to get the righty-lefty matchup with Jay Bruce. I didn't get that in the moment. I just, look, I get it that Phil Gosselin is not uh, hit right-handed pitching that great throughout his career or whatever, but look, he's never hit as well as he's hitting right now in his entire career either. I just don't see how Phil Gosselin isn't in the lineup every day right now. Um, look, it's a short season. Like we've talked about, every game matters. Baseball is a game of streaks. Baseball is a game of when you have a guy who is seeing the baseball like a beach ball every time it comes up to the plate, you got to find ways to force that guy in the lineup. And I, I honestly think that's where we're at with Phil Gosselin. I mean, he has just been outstanding this season. I mean... Obviously, it's a small sample size. The numbers are absurd. He's batting 600, so, you know, 600 with a 1,400 slugging percentage. I mean, you know, come on. What is that? Uh, it's and Again, the small sample size, that's what that is. But the still, numbers still pop. You know, they pop. 
And, you know, and look, Roman Quinn had a nice game too, but I don't know how Adam Hazy and, and Phil Gossett have been the two hottest hitters in the slam so far, the two most consistent, along with Harper and Romuto, who are both really living up to what they should be. Um, I just think Gossett's got to be in the lineup. Uh, I think Phil Gossett has earned the right to play more, and I hope we see it. I, I didn't like Girardi pinch hitting for him with Bruce in that spot. I know, again, lefty right thing, and I, I like Jay Bruce. It just feels like um, I think Girardi's got to – manage in the moment maybe a little bit more i'm not going to kill girardi as much as look a lot of people have been really on girardi and i have criticized certain decisions you heard yesterday i had a real issue with him not taking tommy hunter out after the first three pitch first three batters where it just clearly didn't have it he ended up facing five and it cost them um you know look i was fine with him taking no out i understood that you know player health first i'm okay with that it's a weird season a lot of people are getting hurt i get it i do i'm not criticizing him for that but uh, it just was clear, Hunter didn't have it. I understand trusting her in the first place, but uh, I would have pulled him quicker. And then, you know, I think there have been a few spots where he's made some weird decisions with the pen, like Ramon Rosso in a 3-1 to game for his Major League debut. Uh, you know, I think it makes more sense. We saw Austin Davis pitch and in that game, and, and he should not be on a Major League roster. I mean, he's an ap- absolute disaster, truly a disaster. Um Ramon Rosso should be coming into that game at 11-3 and get him some reps there. That's the type of spot for him. Uh, Diolis Garrett coming into that 3-1 game in New York. It was just it just feels like Dre has a real feel for the pen and, and who can get him out in certain spots. Look, and that's partially because they're bad. <laughs> so I get it. Um, but I, I do think that Girardi needs to give Gossam more, more opportunities. And I think that's a, a, something I would call a somewhat legitimate gripe. You know, look, I mean, you got guys in the lab, and again, I understand that that they're part of the future and all that, but like Scott Kingery is lost. Scott Kingery's lost right now. Uh, I mean, Gene Segura, for that matter, too, has not looked good at all. Like, I, Phil Gosselin should be in the lineup over Gene Segura, no question, and she'd probably be in the lineup over Scott Kingery. Honestly, Alec Bohm should be called up to be in the lineup over these guys, too. I mean, that's the thing. This is a sprint to the finish and we need the Phillies to treat it as such. They really, it hasn't felt like they're treating this as a every game truly matters an intensity type of thing. Cause look, Gene Segura has been bad flat out. He has not looked comfortable with the plate. He has not looked like the Gene Segura who we know can excel. Phil Gosselin has like Gosselin plays just as good at third base, probably better than Gene Segura. He should play third base done. And honestly, I would be fine with moving Segura to second and, and Kingery out of the lineup with the way Kingery's been playing. And I understand you stick with Kingery longer. I, I get it. I'm not saying you have to do that, but I, I just think that Gosselin's been too good to not be in the lineup. Look, even Neil Walker's hitting a little bit. Um, but um, I just think Gosselin has to be in the lineup. He has to. That's my thought on it. Um, ultimately, again, a big win yesterday. JT, uh, Ryan Spader, Aces Spader on Twitter. Great Twitter follow. Great dude. Um had a really uh, a good JT stat just show as good he's been over the end of last season and this season. In his last 54 games played, Romito is slashing 303, 358, 630 with 39 runs, 16 doubles, two triples, 16 numbers, and 45 RBI, which would equate to a 162-game pace of 48 home runs and 135 RBI. Yeah, that'll play at the catcher position. That'll play at every position. Uh, Romito's been locked in. Uh, exciting to see, obviously, um, pay him and all that. But, you know, Bryce Harper's been really good, too. Harper's got a 9, uh, 98 OPS, a 988 OPS, something like that. 
Um, he's been really good too. And uh, those two guys are really living up to the bill. They just need the guys at the top of the lineup, like McCutcheon, Hoskins, Kingery, the other guys, to, to start to pull their weight because they have not done enough. And it's been the guys like, like Goslin or Walker at times who have come in and, and given this team some offense when they need it, and, and they're going to need more. Um, all right, stepping back and looking at the series as a whole, again, just the fact that the Phillies were able to take two of four and essentially two of three in my mind I think is such a big win for this club. Seriously, from a mentality perspective, from a standings perspective, from a season perspective, they needed to find a way, and, and it, it does still make that, that loss in game two a couple of days ago still a bummer because Nola really gave them a shot to win, and you felt like you should have won that game. Um, and you could have stolen three from the Yankees. But to take two from the Yankees is, a, is an achievement. It's important because they do have a rough schedule. It doesn't get easy much for this team, especially when you consider the Marlins are the, the best record in baseball percentage-wise. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> I can't continue. It's the Orioles. They're playing. But still, um, uh, you know, the, the schedule is not easy for the Phillies. So when they can find ways to, to take games against the good teams, they need to do it. They need to. And that was a big one to take yesterday. Again, you wish they could have taken another and swept that double header, but ultimately, you know, look, if they use Neris in that second game of double header, you probably don't have him for yesterday, and, and you needed him yesterday. So ultimately, coming out of that splitting, I, I think is 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 a, a good thing. A good thing we should be happy about. The Phillies played out. It doesn't make me any less worried about the bullpen and, and the fact that I think it's going to be really hard to, to truly compete this year with that pen in any way, shape, or form. Um, and also, again, I, I do think that to Girardi's, to the Girardi point, and he's received a, a lot of criticism, and I think it's too early, personally. And I also think that he's dealing with a bullpen where it's just no manager will be able to get it out of them. But I do think that if there is a, a criticism about Girardi, other than a couple minutia-type moves and, and Gossel needs to be in the lineup, whatever, it's that it does feel like he is managing... More for, and this is something that Jack Fritz and I talked about on High Hopes Pod, and I think he made a great point. It feels like Girardi is managing more for a 162-game season than for a 60-game season. You know, that he's making decisions that, you know, they're, in a 162-game season, there there are certain spots where, where you're going to maybe give a game away because you know that your best bullpen guys are... are um, taxed and it's a three to one game and you say you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shot with a guy who's not as good and and maybe they hit him up maybe they don't but I need to save some arms you know that's the kind of stuff that it feels like Girardi's dumb where he's he's kind of either to not to save arms as much so far but more to um to take a shot and figure out what he has in guys whereas you know you don't really have time for that this season you don't have time to figure out what you have you don't have time to really um get cute with with these types of decisions, it, it you need to manage every game to win. Um, every one of them is going to matter, especially considering the schedule you're going to face and the the gauntlet that is ahead of the Phillies. We'll get to it coming up, but I mean the Phillies are going to play a lot of baseball games without off days. You know, it's going to be tough. They're going to be double headers. They're going to be a lot of pitching issues and all that stuff. So um, I do understand that from that perspective, especially with the starters and removing them like Nola Wheeler and stuff like. I am okay with that. Like, I understand that um, it's a long enough season where the we're seeing a ton of injuries around baseball. I, I get it. I'm okay with those decisions. It's more the, the in-game decisions where it's like, you know, 
um, it just doesn't feel like there's a sense of urgency with them. You know, there's a sense of, of this game truly matters as much as any of them. Um, so we'll see. That would be my only critique of Girardi again. I think it's too early, and also I think that it's really hard to make um, something out of nothing, and <laughs> that bullpen is nothing. So, again, uh, ultimately a, a really good win, a needed win. Um, coming up, we'll look ahead to the weekend as, as they do have a big series against the Braves coming up as the Braves are coming to town. Um, and that's going to be uh, incredibly important. The Braves have played good baseball, and the Phillies really need to start to get on a roll here. You know, it's uh, again, every game matters. It's important, um, but also the Phillies have, you know, uh, able to take two of the last three from the Yankees. Maybe they can build on that momentum, but having the Braves come to town uh, will matter. We'll get to those matchups in a sec. Um, just mention it, though, and I, I want to just quickly touch on uh, some scheduling things for the Phillies that have been announced and just kind of uh, emphasize again how how tough this is going to be for this Phillies team. It is a, you know, it's a nature of the beast of this season, but, but again, by having to take a week off um, because of the Marlins, uh, the Phillies have been put at a major competitive disadvantage. So um, the Phillies, uh, Joe Giglio tweets this out last night, the Phillies are now scheduled to play 33 games in 30 days from August 25th till September 23rd with only one day off in that stretch. 33 games in 30 days. And really, when you think about the one day off, it they're playing 33 games in 29 days, which means obviously you got multiple doubleheaders in there. Um, Jason Stark uh, tweeted out uh, that the Phillies have a seven-game series with the Marlins between September 10th and 14th with two double headers in there. So the Phillies will have a seven game, two double headers in one series. That's never happened in my lifetime that I know of. I've certainly never seen it. Certainly not with the Phillies. Um, look, that's a competitive disadvantage. Uh, you know, you really have to tax guys. You know, it's really going to hurt the bullpen. It's going to make it much harder for them to, to get through these games. It's going to be tough on starters. Like it's, it's not ideal. It's not. Uh, so, you know, it's a it's an obstacle in the Phillies' path this season. And, again, I think it only underscores how important it is for them to, to find a way to take every game that's there for the taking. You know, there are going to be games that are, are not there for the taking. You know, there are going to be games where it's, you know, like that. And, again, it, it felt like they were kind of in it, the Arietta game winning against the Yankees, but ultimately it just felt like they weren't going to win that game. But there, there are games like game two of the doubleheader was there for the taking, and they, they couldn't take it. And that's the kind of stuff that you know, could come back to haunt them. You know, the, the game against the Marlins, the Velasquez game, that was there for the taking. You're up big lead early and between Velasquez and Cole Irvin. You know, th- those, those types of games are going to come back to haunt them um, if, they, if they can't win more of them moving forward because, again, it's, it's a gauntlet. It's going to be really tough for this team, and they need to get wins – anywhere they can get them um so we'll see it's tough it really is tough it's a tough break for the Phillies especially you know considering the the fact that they ultimately it wasn't their fault you know they they faced a team that that as we've learned was careless or at least players on that team were careless and uh, no matter what Derek Jeter says and you know caused the Phillies to have to miss a week of baseball over a week and uh with no positive tests and um it is what it is. You know, I think that's the phrase for this season. 
anything that comes up is just it is what it is. Look, it's a it's not a real season. Uh, you you know how I feel about that asterisks galore and all that, but. Um, just in general, I mean, look, the schedule is changing by the day. We just found out the players are going to play a seven-game series against the Marlins in a four-day period. So, um, you know, it is what it is. I think it's the only way you can look at it. But it is, it is a bummer because it is not, it's not ideal for the Phillies. It really isn't. It's a, it's a, it's a disadvantage. And we have to hope that they can kind of get on a groove here and and find a way to, you know. Battle through the adversity because it's not going to be an easy road if they're going to make the playoffs this year, even with the expanded playoff field. It's uh, they, They've been dealt a, a setback. You know, we talked a lot about the, the breaks going their way, and I think we mentioned this yesterday, but it seems like they've kind of turned the other way once the season started, so we'll see. All right, let's look ahead to the weekend. As this is a, a big series uh, against an Atlanta Braves team that has played good baseball so far this season. You know, if it weren't for the uh, don't break them up Marlins, they would be in first place in the uh, in the National League East as they have, again, um, really lived up to the billing so far of being the, uh, you know, the, the class of the NLEs. The Braves currently sitting at 9-5, and five, a half game back of the 6-1 and one Miami Marlins. Um, but after that, look, if you look at the division, the, the Nats are 4-5, the Mets are 5-8, and eight, the Phillies are right in there. Um, so this is a big series. It really is against a team that's in front of them and, uh, you know, favorite in the division. It's a massive series. And you look at the pitching matchups, um, Vinny Velasquez tonight against Kyle Wright. Look, we all know how we feel about Velasquez. Maybe we'll get the Velasquez that uh, we saw in the scrimmages, the interest card, but I'm not expecting it. The Braves are good. Kyle Wright, though, is a talented young pitcher, but has shown the also propensity to be a little wild and not control stuff. So, look, I I think that could be a – it's at least a playable matchup. Saturday, Jake Arrieta against – we'll see. It would have been Mike Soroka. It was his turn in the rotation. We know that he had torn his Achilles. So, um, the Braves do have a lot of arms that they can bring up. We'll see which one they decide to go with. And then – Sunday is the real exciting one. It'll be Max Fried for the Braves. He's a really nice young left-handed pitcher, but it looks like, and we've kind of talked about this a bit, but it looks like, based on the fact that both Wheeler and Nola pitched on Wednesday of this week and that they will not be ready to go till Monday, um, either one of them, and then they'll go Monday, Tuesday, whatever, but um, they won't be ready to go on Sunday, and that means the Phillies need a starter. Now, of course, they could go with a bullpen game, an opener, and just kind of find their way through it. But I think it's pretty clear what's going to happen. It's been alluded to almost. Uh, I think there's not a single beat writer who covers the team, and even the way Joe Girardi talked about it somewhat cryptically, I think it's pretty safe to say that Sunday will be the Philadelphia Phillies and Major League debut of one Mr. Spencer Howard. And, man, it can't come soon enough. Give us Spencer Howard. Uh Look, I know that you can't always tell with prospects. Weird things happen. Guys you think are going to be great aren't all that. I feel really confident that Spencer Howard's going to have success. Uh, I just, he's good. You know, he's nasty. Sometimes guys are just good. You know, like I watched Nate Pearson pitch for the the Blue Jays, one of the top prospects in baseball, and you're like, oh, yeah, that guy's just going to be good. You know, if he stays healthy, he'll be good. His stuff's nasty. That's the way it is with Howard. Um, It really is, and he's a – He's a pitcher. He's got command of his pitches. Um, I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped. This team needs a, a shot of something. And I think Spencer Howard could do it. Um, 
So I, I'm eagerly, eagerly anticipating that Sunday game, and I, I can't wait to see what Howard does. And I, I think once he's up, he's up. He's a part of that rotation and a part of the future, and I, I can't wait for it. It's going to be great, especially after seeing what Nolan Wheeler can do. You add Howard to that, all of a sudden, I'm not kidding. I mean, that's a that's a three you can go to battle with, especially when Eflin and Arietta have looked have, have given you reasons for optimism. Again, only one start for each, but optimism, you know, there's something there. You know, the bullpen sucks, but if the offense, if the lineup can, can kind of put it together, um, which is obviously possible, and we've seen flashes and the potentials there, and and you can have a staff like that that, that if they all can kind of live up to what we hope or expect, could get interesting. I still think the bullpen's the Achilles heel, but I'm more optimistic than I was. It was a big win yesterday, and... We'll see how I feel on Monday because it's a massive series that will tell us a lot about the Phillies early in the season. And uh, I hope they approach it with emergency because they should. These are big games against a division opponent who's, you know, 9-5. and five. This is big early in the season. So make it happen, Phils. Fingers crossed. We will all be rooting for you big time. And uh, everyone, uh, enjoy the weekend. Either way, we'll be back to talk about it all on Monday. So stay safe, stay healthy. And thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.